Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. I mean, we like to have a dog like that. Keep, 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 keep birds off your car, you know, wash it for you. Uh, the point of that <clears throat> intro video for this series is, is that because that dog received uh, some simple food, it was really loyal to the person that uh, had provided the food. Uh, how much more should you and I be loyal to Christ because of all that he has done for us? So that's why we're in this series called uh, Loyalty. Uh, I've got a prayer request to begin with uh, this morning. About Thursday, whatever's in there started kicking in all my allergies. Uh, so uh, I've already preached one service. I so pray that my voice will hold up, that I can breathe enough to uh, uh, finish this service. And, uh, and I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, anybody else having some allergy troubles right now? You know, so I, mean, I don't know what it is. I, I'm trying to finish chewing one up, but... <laughs> Yeah, uh, so the length of the sermon is not based on how long the cough drop lasts because mine just, <laughs> mine just finished. And uh, part, part of the reason I think for this series is that all of us would have to admit as we look at our culture that we live in, we've got some major problems when it comes to loyalty. Uh, people are not <clears throat> loyal sometimes even to their family and friends as they should be. We live in a time that people, for uh, pretty uh, minor reasons, will not be loyal uh, to marriage vows and commitments that they've made. Uh, some people are not loyal to their employer or, or loyal to their job or their vacation. Uh, vocation, rather, I should say. We are loyal to vacations, regrettably. Uh, some people aren't loyal to, to churches very much anymore in the day that we live in. Regrettably, people aren't even loyal to their country, you know? And that's a tragedy that we have so much going on in our, our, our nation where people struggle, our culture where people struggle with, with loyalty. So that's why we're, we're focusing upon loyalty in this series. Uh, we started out last week, the first message in the series, uh, talking about how there's a problem of loyalty. And I'll read the verse that went with that uh, in just a few moments, but we've got a, a problem in our culture that, that is that true loyalty is very hard to find. Uh, so today, uh, we're going to talk about what we ought to be doing, especially you and I as believers. There's this pursuit that we ought to be involved with. We ought to be chasing after loyalty. Uh, I think maybe the reason why we have the problem of true loyalty being hard to find is that we're not chasing after loyalty as we should. We're not giving loyalty the high value that it ought to have in our lives as believers. Uh, all through this series, by the way, we're going to be in Proverbs 21, 21. If you want to kindly turn there and find uh, the scripture, I'll read it in just a few moments. But uh, as I mentioned to you last week, and I'll probably allude to quite often in this series, I want us to keep in mind, not just in this series, but as we live our lives, we need to keep in mind that maybe the perfect definition of loyalty would be God or Christ himself. If you want to see what loyalty is like, just look at Jesus, look at God, if you want to understand what real loyalty is all about. 
Some verses to support that, which by the way, will become part of the message next week, because next week we're going to talk about the pattern for loyalty. God himself, Christ himself, is the pattern that we ought to follow uh, for loyalty. So some verses to support that, one is found in 2 Timothy 2.13, and I read these last week, but uh, I think we always need a reminder of this stuff. Uh, In in 2 Timothy 2.13, it says, "If if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Is that good news? Uh, maybe it's not for you because you're faithful all the time. I have to admit, sometimes I trip and fall. Do you? Sometimes I struggle with loyalty. And it's great to know that God himself is always faithful, even when I'm faithless. And the reason for that is that's inherently who God is. He can't deny himself. And we'll talk about that in more detail next week. Hebrews says, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Man, a great promise that, that, that God is going to be that faithful to us. Philippians 1, 6 and 7, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you. In other words, the moment you trust Christ as your Savior, God, Christ, began a good work in you. He will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, ultimately, when all this wraps up and, and Jesus comes back and establishes his kingdom, guess what? That work that began the moment you trusted Christ as your Savior, it's going to be fully completed one day. The Bible says when he appears, you'll be like him. So he himself, God himself, Christ himself, gives us the perfect picture of loyalty, and we need to, to follow loyalty. Our problem is in our culture and our society today, a lot of people only give lip service to loyalty instead of it being something that's true and real in their lives. So a couple of quotes that I started the series with last week that I want to keep before us uh, are, are these. Loyalty is not merely a word. It's a lifestyle. It's something we need to practice in our lives. And then the second one is there's something wrong with your character if opportunity controls your loyalty. In other words, if you allow your loyalty to God or your loyalty to be other, to others to, to be dictated by maybe some opportunity you have before you, then there's a character problem there. And, and you need to recognize that in, in your life. When he started the, uh, the series last week, with these two verses out of Psalm 12. And it says this, Help, Lord, for no one is faithful anymore. Those who are loyal have vanished from the human race. Everyone lies to their neighbor. They flatter with their lips and arbor deception in their hearts. Isn't that a tragic statement? And isn't it regrettably true of our culture that we live in? As we try and look for loyalty, we try and look for faithfulness. It's like he's just disappearing from our, from our world. Today, as I said a moment ago, we're going to talk about why we ought to pursue and chase after loyalty. That's the problem, is that it appears that the loyalty is just disappearing. Faithfulness is just disappearing. Maybe that's true because we're not chasing after the right stuff. So today, let's talk about the pursuit. How you and I ought to chase after Loyalty. Please stand with me in honor of God's word. I want to read this out of two translations as we launch in today's message. Proverbs twelve twenty one, the New American Standard says this: 
He who pursues righteousness and loyalty finds life, righteousness, and honor. And the ESV puts it like this. Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness, that word loyalty and and kindness, they're kind of interchangeable depending on your translation that you look at. We'll see what the word means in a moment. But whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we pray that you would speak to us clearly today. That we would admit our own deficits in loyalty and faithfulness. Father, that we would honestly evaluate our lives. And Lord, if we're chasing after the wrong things, instead of chasing after your will and and what your desires are for our lives. Father, if we're chasing after something other than righteousness and loyalty, if we're pursuing the wrong things in life, Father, just correct us today. Change the direction of our steps. Change the direction of our of our path. And Father, help us to, to become people that are, are chasing after what you desire in, in our lives. You desire us to chase after righteousness and, and loyalty and kindness. Father, if there's anyone gathered with us this morning, whether it be here in this place or on Facebook this morning during our live broadcast, Father, we, we pray that you speak to their heart. And Father, if they, they don't know you as Savior, uh, Father, help them to experience your righteousness this morning with, with faith in Jesus, through faith in Jesus. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Today we're going to use a race, a foot race, kind of as an illustration as we go through this message, because it talks about pursuing something or, or chasing after something. He who pursues righteousness and loyalty, there's something that we're to chase after. He who pursues righteousness and kindness, it's a God-ordained race. Because here in the scriptures, God is, is telling us that if we'll do these things, we'll experience some things in our lives. So we're going to talk about this God-ordained race to begin with. And then we're going to talk about some rewards that God provides for us by, by running this race, by pursuing after righteousness and, and pursuing after loyalty. Basically, for you to decide to run a race, it begins with exactly that. It, it kind of just begins with a decision that, that you're going to run a race. And, and that's true of this race that God wants us to run. The, 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 it involves a decision to run. He who, you know, whoever. There's a decision that somebody has to make. Doesn't just happen. Someone decides they're going to chase after righteousness. Someone decides they're going to chase after loyalty. And there's some reasons why we ought to do that. Uh, Lynn Crump, Lynn's uh, not with us today. Uh, a lot of you that know Lynn fairly well understand that, that Lynn's, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a, an outdoor uh, adrenaline junkie, you know, things like that. He, he loves to do things like, uh, you know, get out and ride mountain bikes or, uh, uh, you know, road bikes. Sometimes he's uh, hit gravel, gone down, hit a guardrail, and you have to call me and say, well, Lynn's over here in the hospital. I think it's happened twice since I've known you guys on a, on a oh, this past week. Oh, okay, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm behind then. <laughs> Uh, so he, you know, he, he, he'll get out and run and, and everything, uh, 
uh, a lot. And he, you know, he likes water sports and stuff. I uh, warn you, if you go to his house and he invites you to get on uh, this big inner tube, uh, don't do it while he's driving the boat. Uh, he's going to try and drown you, try and lose you off the boat and, and, and things like that. I experienced that the first time years ago, and I knew he was wanting to throw me off of it, and I was bound and determined I'm going to hold on to it, and I'm going to keep holding on to it and, and not turn loose at all. We had a, a young girl that showed up the first time in our youth group that was also on the same inner tube, and, and I felt my trunk starting to leave my body, so I decided I'm going to turn... <laughs> I'm going to turn loose. So, Lynn will, Lynn will, he, he, that, that's just kind of the way he's wired. He's, he's going to try and, you know, drop you off of that. I, I mean, I, I've, I've done some things I never would have thought I had, would have done because of Lynn Crump getting on a parasail and pulling you up, I don't know, 150 feet up in the air or whatever. Uh, but that's just kind of the way he's wired. He, he enjoys that kind of stuff. So had he been here today, I was actually going to interview him on stage for a minute about running and why he likes to run. So since he's not here, he's, he's out in the, the, the Rocky Mountains, uh, you know, going on a trip out there. He likes to go out there about almost every fall. I think he's got to where he uh, goes for a trip. I did talk to him a little bit, and he gave me kind of a foundational statement that I think is, is, is really true that we can apply to our lives spiritually. He, he said the main reason that he runs is that he wants to stay fit enough to do all the other outdoor activities that he enjoys doing. So does that make sense? If you're going to be fit enough to do all the other stuff, that's why he takes time running and exercising and all to be fit to do all the other activities. So apply that to our lives for me spiritually. There's a lot of things that God has for us to do. There are a lot of things that we need to be chasing after in our lives, trying to serve God and trying to honor Christ. And, and guys, for us, it ought to be fun stuff that we do because we love Jesus. Amen? It shouldn't be something negative we have to, to serve him. Well, think about it like this. The, the reason we ought to run this race of righteousness and loyalty is doing so helps prepare us to do the other stuff that God wants us to do. The other stuff that God calls us to do. Just like Lynn said, I, I try and stay fit and I go out and run and do things like that so I can enjoy all the other stuff. You and I need to stay spiritually fit. And that means we need to chase after righteousness and we need to chase after loyalty to help us be spiritually fit so we can do all the other things that God wants us to do. But just making a decision to run is not really enough. We, we must actively run this race. I mean, you can just decide, well, you can be sitting at home, you know, on your couch and eating your donut and everything else and decide, I think I'm going to go run a race. But you don't get up and do it. So there's no benefit gain because you're not really chasing what you said you're going to do. So for us as believers, for us just to say, okay, God wants me to chase after righteousness. God wants me to chase after loyalty. He wants me to pursue those things. It's not enough unless we actually do it. The, the word in the Hebrew that's used here in, in Proverbs means to run after. Now, this might sound strange until I kind of give us an application here a moment. But to run after usually with, with hostile intent. And it's also used figuratively speaking of, of time gone by. Now guys, if, if we're going to run this race of righteousness and loyalty, we have to do some things just like a runner needs to prepare for a race. It, you don't just decide today, I'm going to go run a 5k and then tomorrow go run the 5k. <laughs> uh, you might try that. I wouldn't suggest it. It won't be fun. You might die in the process. 
You, you don't decide this week, I'm going to go run a marathon and then go run a marathon next week. That's not the way you do it. You have to prepare yourself. I mean, a runner has to prepare himself nutritionally as far as what he puts in his body. And, and we've got something to help prepare us nutritionally, and, and that's the Bible that we can put inside of our body that can help us chase after righteousness, can help us be loyal to God and, and loyal toward other people if we will just feed ourselves the right stuff. You, you have to prepare yourself and, and, and be ready to go and run those types of, of races. You have to go and buy the, the right equipment, the right running shoes and everything like that. Well, in a similar way, we need to be preparing ourselves to actively run this race that we're talking about this morning, to chase after loyalty and to chase after righteousness. We ought to run after God's righteousness, and we ought to practice loyalty in our lives with the same energy a person might put into something they're doing with hostile intent. A soldier, if he's running after the enemy, he has a hostile intent as he's chasing after that enemy because he wants to defeat that enemy. How many of you maybe have had something done to you or, or maybe especially your children? Hey, something happens to your children, mama bear and papa bear comes out. Amen. And you kind of said to yourself, but because of what you have done to me, I'm going to get you and I'm going to pay you back. Now, I'm not suggesting we do that, but how many have felt like that? Be honest. huh? I'm going to get you back. Hey, we have an enemy, just like that soldier was chasing an enemy with hostile intent. We have an enemy that you and I ought to chase after with hostile intent. We need to chase after righteousness and we need to chase after loyalty because we have an enemy that wants us to be anything but righteous and anything but loyal. We have an enemy that wants to tempt us and defeat us and has attacked us in a lot of ways. That same attitude I said a moment ago, you ought to have if someone's come after your kids or whatever. Hey, I'm going to pay you back. Here's what you need to do. Satan has hurt you. He's hurt me. He's damaged our lives. He's caused affliction in our lives. He's defeated us. He's tempted us. We've been tripped up by temptation. We've all paid the cost of temptation and problems in our lives. What you and I need to do with a hostile intent is to chase after righteousness and loyalty so we can pay back the devil for all that he's done to us. So we can pay back the enemy for the times he's damaged our lives and, and that he has and it has injured our lives. But you need to understand something. This race after righteousness and loyalty is not a short sprint. Instead, it's a marathon race. I, I, I mean, you'll, I'll have to ask God one day, God, why did you wire me in such a way that I could run short sprints really fast, uh, even back in high school, but I hated to run the long runs. And, uh, and all, uh, I don't do that often anymore. I'm in my sixties now. It hurts to run, you know, so I'm sitting here talking about things I've not done in a long time. One of the last literal races I remember running was when I was in my forties and Jessica was filling her oats in high school and part of the track team. And she thought she could blow my doors and we went out in the front yard and I proved as an old man, I could still blow her doors. It was just a short run across the yard. I beat her and I hurt later. I did for it. I hurt. <laughs> but I was wired to where I could run a sprint or a hundred yard dash and things like that really fast. But man, if you put me running a, a long race, 
then, you know, I started getting winded and, and just the way I was built, I guess, winded and, 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 and feeling like I, I need just to give up and, and things like that. Guys, apply that spiritually for a minute. You and I chasing after righteousness and loyalty is not a short sprint. It's not something we do like I just reminisced with you about racing my daughter across the yard. That's been years ago, you know, like 20 years ago. So I'm still living on that, huh? Regrettably, that's what we do spiritually. Man, I chased after righteousness and loyalty 10 years ago, and we're still living on that. There was a time in my life that I was really interested in the things of God, and I was chasing after righteousness, and I was chasing after loyalty, and I was pursuing those things. Even with a hostile intent, I, I was pursuing the things of God. I had that much energy and desire toward the things of God, and I did that years ago. You see, that's not the mindset we're to have. You and I need to recognize this. From the moment we trust Christ as our Savior until we see Jesus face to face, we're a marathon race. We need to be chasing after righteousness and chasing after loyalty until we see Him face to face. Not just say, well, I've done it, now I can go do something else. We, we need to be pursuing after righteousness and loyalty. Just like in any race, there's some objectives to this race. When someone goes to run a race, many times they'll have some objectives. Here are the objectives in, in this verse tells us righteousness and, and, and loyalty, righteousness and kindness. Someone decides to go run a race. They've got some objective to it. Back in my 40s, my objective was to show my daughter that I was still faster than her. <laughs> For, for some people, their objective in going out to, to run and run races is just to maybe get physically fit or stay physically fit, like Lynn said in, uh, earlier that I, that I mentioned. Some people may have the objective of, of going out and, and, and doing this marathon race in memory of someone, in, in, in honor of someone. Maybe you're doing it for some benevolent reason to try and raise Funds, like you heard a minute ago, there's going to be a, a walk taking place for the Pregnancy Crisis Center. You can go out and, and sign up for it. So there's a reason and a purpose behind it. For, for some people, doing the, the race is just simply this. They, maybe they're trying to compete against their own best time. They don't care what anybody else does. <laughs> hey, for me, it would be this. Just to finish the race alive. Amen? Just to make it across the finish line, whether I'm last and everybody else has gone by for 30 or 40 minutes, at least I made it. There's objectives behind it. And for you and I, the, the objective as Christians ought to be this. The objective of righteousness and the objective of, of, of loyalty. We need to be chasing after these things. So let me break those down a little bit. Righteousness to start with means rightness. Uh, basically the Hebrew word that's used here. And if you don't really simplify it, it's just doing what God says is right. The, the word could be used subjectively for rectitude or integrity in, in our lives. The, the word was used uh, objectively for justice. That we need to be about running after justice, what is just in, in life. Morally, it's used for virtue. Figuratively, it's used for posterity. And you see, God really wants us things in our lives. God wants us to chase after what's right. God wants us to chase after 
what is integrity or rectitude in our lives. He wants us to chase after justice and virtue. He wants us to chase after prosperity. And by the way, I need to temper that but for you because in this day and time, because of all we hear on TV, the moment you hear prosperity, you're thinking, oh, that means God's going to give me plenty of money and God's going to give me plenty of health and everything's going to be wonderful in my life. Well, how about this? How about prosperity being spiritual prosperity in our lives that we get in our lives simply from following what God wants us to follow? from chasing after what he desires, that we get some some spiritual prosperity in our lives. God desires us to chase after those things. What does that look like, though? What does it really mean to chase after righteousness? I, I think foundationally, it can mean other things, but I think foundationally it means this. Because God alone, because Christ alone is righteous, we're to chase after him. We're to follow him. He, he's supposed to be the, 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 the model that we follow. And we'll talk about that more next week. But the objective of the race is for us to pursue Christ and his righteousness. The objective of this race, and you, you might could put it like this, is for you and I as believers to run for Jesus, to run to Jesus, and to run like Jesus. Because of what he's done for us, we all have a desire to run for him. We all have a desire to run to him in his direction. We all have a desire to try and run like him, to be like Jesus. As much as we can be in our lives, as we deal with other people, as we live in the culture that we're, that we're in, we need to be pursuing righteousness. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, if you want to know who those witnesses are, go to Hebrews chapter 11. And there's a list of those heroes of the faith who, who were persecuted and punished and, and killed and, and faced difficulty in their, their life in light of who they are and what they've done. We're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. Let us also run the race like they did. Let us r- lay aside every weight in the sin that clings to us so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look into Jesus, the founder and the perfecter. Hey, if you want to see how to live your life, how to chase after righteousness, how to chase after loyalty, Jesus perfected it. Amen. He, he's the perfecter of it. He's a perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You and I ought to be chasing after righteousness. And basically that means we ought to be chasing after Jesus because he alone is righteous. The other objective of running this race, chasing after righteousness, is loyalty or kindness, depending on your translation. Kindness means by implication towards God in in this text. Sometimes, rarely, sometimes it can mean opposition or or reproof. It can even mean beauty. It can also mean this, to bow the neck. The root word means to bow the neck in courtesy to an equal. We talked about that last week. What's happening with people just being kind to other people? Let us bow on our heart and our wills to be kind to others. In the world that we live in. It can even mean to to provide reproof. We're to chase after loyalty. We're to chase after 
kindness. You see, by, by living a pious life, a life that God wants us to live, we can demonstrate loyalty to God, but we also ought to be kind and loyal toward other people like we talked about last week. We need to be, be kind toward others. But something I want to reel in just a little bit this week as we think about loyalty and kindness toward others is that we don't need to allow ourselves to fall into the trap of believing this type of loyalty and kindness is void of correction or reproof. Here's what I mean by that. You and I, in an effort, and man, this is rampant in our world, in our culture. God forbid that we ever offend anybody, huh? We've got to be politically correct about everything. So in an effort for us to be kind and practice loyalty toward other people, I think there's a tendency for us to think, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus, and, and, and I want you to know I love you, and, and I'm here to support you. I'm here pulling for you and everything, and it doesn't really matter what lifestyle you're living or what's going on in your life. Let me just pat you on the back and tell you everything's okay. Because you see, that's not the full definition of the word that was used there. The definition of that word included reproof. It, it means that sometimes we have to tell the other person what's right. You see, we need to remember what the first objective was. The first objective isn't kindness at all costs. The first objective is righteousness. The first objective is us living our lives the way God desires, living our lives based upon his word, chasing after God's will for our lives, chasing after what is right in our lives. That's the first objective. So that means as we are kind to other people, we also have to be kind to them, even when it's uncomfortable to do so, by telling other people the truth. Even if it involves some correction even if it involves re- reproving them for something in, in their lives. You th- think about it like this, guys, honest. Sometimes the kindest, most loyal thing you can do for another person is in a loving way. I'm not talking about being mean-spirited, but in a loving way, tell that person the truth. Amen? What kind of friend are you if it's a person that's lost in their sin, they've never trusted in Jesus, and you say, oh, just keep on living like you're living, it's okay. And they miss heaven because you failed to tell them the truth. See, the, the, the most kind thing that I might can do or that someone might can do for me if they see an error in my life or I see an error in their life is, is in a loving way, go ahead and point out to them that there's a problem here, they, to, to give them some reproof, to, to give them some correction in their lives, because that's part of what the word meant there for kindness. But sometimes we have, to, we have to do that. Let me give you some verses, and then kind of unpack some things out of these verses, and then we'll move on to our second main part of this race today. Do you not know that in a race, <clears throat> all the runners compete? It's easy to go out and run the race, and Start. <laughs> he said, but only one receives the prize. And, and Paul is telling us, he's telling these Corinthian believers as he writes to them, so run that you may obtain. In other words, guys, we need to be chasing after righteousness and loyalty. If we apply that to our text this morning, we need to be chasing after those things in a way that we're really interested in winning the race. 
Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. In other words, if you're really, really going to be an athlete, you have to have some self-control to where you're going to go out and run and you're going to condition yourself and be ready for the race and you have to say no to the donuts. Amen? It's hard this time of year because Krispy Kreme has pumpkin spice donuts. But if we're going to be an athlete, we have to learn to say no to some of those things. And then he goes on and says, they do it. In other words, an athlete, they go through all this energy, preparing themselves nutritionally and everything else. They go through all this to receive a perishable wreath or a perishable prize that's going to pass away and won't last for all eternity. But on the other hand, you and I as believers, we will receive an imperishable reward that lasts forever. That's why it's worthwhile us chasing after righteousness and and chasing after loyalty and and chasing after the things of God. And then kind of Paul uses himself as an illustration. Paul uses, you know, athletic games and stuff a lot of times as illustrations. And he says, so I do not run aimlessly. In other words, if you're going to win a foot race, you're not going to win it just by the goals here and you start running this way and you start running that way and you don't have any purpose. He says, I, I don't box as one beat in the air. I mean, what are you accomplishing by, by, by punching the air? The air's not going to punch you back. But I discipline my body and I keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So Paul ultimately saying, hey, I need to be careful myself that I apply the same things that I tell others so I won't be disqualified to be able to proclaim God's truth, to be able to proclaim God's word. But, but I want you to see an underlying principle, I think, that's in that passage of Scripture, and that is Paul is talking about purpose. He's saying you run with a purpose. You, you box with a purpose. You don't just do it aimlessly. You don't just box out in the air. And, guys, you and I need to live our lives. We need to chase after loyalty. We need to chase after righteousness with a purpose. Look at another passage here. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas. Now, remember what happened to Paul years earlier when he was in Jerusalem? They wanted to have a nice party for him and pat him on the back, didn't they? And they were trying to kill him. Taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation and set before them. Now, I want you to notice the wisdom here that Paul used, though privately before those who seem influential. If we're going to make the biggest impact, we need to find influential people and get the gospel to them. Plus, he didn't front them down publicly because of their failure to understand the gospel. So he said, he said I set before them the gospel that I had proclaimed among the Gentiles in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. So it's not the easiest place in the world for Paul to go back to Jerusalem to try and share the gospel with people. So not only do we need to reprove other people and tell other people the truth, we need to do it with a purpose. We need to do it with boldness also. And that's what Paul was doing. Look at another passage. Holding fast. To the word of life. So that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. 
you're going to go and run a race and prepare to run a race and, and you've never really done it before, there's all kinds of, of, of tips you can get online. I looked at tips online uh, this week. It's not going to mean much to me. I'm not going out to run a marathon next week or anything, but I, I could find the tips and I could read the tips. There, there are books you could buy, you know, about, about nutrition and about running, you know, marathon races or 5K races or whatever you want to, you want to find out. There, there's instruction books you can get to help you know how to do it. Do you understand that we've got something that helps us chase after righteousness? That we have something that helps us chase after loyalty? That we need to hold fast to the word of life because this tells me how God wants me to live? This tells me what's right and what's wrong. This, this tells me how to be more loyal to God, how to be kinder to other people. It gives me the instruction for those things. So you and I need to need to run with eternity in mind. Paul is saying, I'm holding fast to the word of God because I don't want to be ashamed later. And you and I need to be chasing after righteousness and chasing after loyalty with eternity in mind that we won't have run somehow in vain. There's a God-ordained race that we can see in the first part of verse 21 of Proverbs 21. But there's also some God-provided rewards. If you run a race, there's some kind of rewards involved in it. The God-provided rewards in his race is this. The person who pursues, remember the first part of the verse, he who, whoever, pursues righteousness and loyalty, or righteousness and kindness, finds life Righteousness and honor. The, the word that's used there for finds or will find means it's something that's going to come forth. There's a benefit that we will experience. There's a benefit that will come forth in our lives as we pursue, as we chase after righteousness and we chase after loyalty. There, there's something that's going to, to appear. It, it, it's just... Uh, Transiently so. It is something we, we can attain, we can find, we can acquire, something that's going to occur, be present in our lives. The, the more we chase after righteousness, the more we chase after loyalty, the more we can experience life, righteousness, and honor in our lives. Now, now having said that, I, I, I want to qualify that. I don't want you to get up on the wrong track and think, okay, if by my own energy and my own ability... I decide I'm going to go out and I'm going to chase righteousness and do the right things. And I'm going to chase loyalty and be loyal. And I'm doing it just in the power of my flesh. That means that I can produce these things, life and righteousness and honor in my life. No, that's not what's being taught here. Whose race is it? It's God's race. Who provides the rewards? God provides the awards, the rewards. Which means as we simply run after righteousness and we run after loyalty, it means we graciously experience in our lives the kind of life God wants, more righteousness in our lives, and honor in our lives. If we will chase after what God wants us to chase after, based on His grace, not something we produce, 
but His grace, we can experience these things. God's winner's podium. He's telling us here, you'll get life and righteousness and honor. Let's look at those three things real quickly. Talks about life. Alive, fresh, you know, like water or a plant growing, strength in your life, strong. The Bible teaches this, and we may not like this. People want to push against it, especially in the day that we live, because in the day we live, everybody's got a divine spark. We just have to fan it a little bit, right? That's what they want to tell you. When the Bible says this, I don't have a divine spark inherently, neither do you. The Bible says we are dead in our sins. Look at what it says here in in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 6. But God being rich in mercy, aren't you glad that God has a big mercy account? That he's not bankrupt. But God who is being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, that's where we were. That's where you were. Whether you recognize it or not, before you invited Jesus into your heart, you were spiritually dead. You were dead in your sin. And if you're someone that's never, ever trusted Christ as Savior, that's who you are now. You may not want to admit it. You may not feel it. You may be trying to hold on to that lie. Oh, but I've got a divine spark. No, you don't. Adam screwed that up for us. We're dead in trespasses and sin. But he has made us alive together with Christ. Jesus died on the cross for us. He took his life back up. By faith in Christ, we experience his resurrection, we've been made alive with him. And then it tells us by grace you've been saved, not based upon works, not based upon our ability, but by grace you've been saved. And he's raised us up and seated us with him already in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In other words, from God's perspective, even though you're seated here right now, God's perspective is this. You're already seated in heaven with Jesus if you know Christ as your Savior. And isn't that an amazing truth? That's God's viewpoint of who you are as a believer. But it it is only as we pursue, we chase after righteousness, which remember is not self-made, it's not self-generated. It's a righteousness that God provides us in Christ. The righteousness that that he provides for us through faith in Jesus that we can have life. So he gives us life. But he also promises us righteousness. We saw the word earlier. It means basically, you know, what's right from God's standpoint. Us having this integrity about our lives, us pursuing justice, us pursuing virtue, us pursuing spiritual prosperity. And God wants to bring those things about in our lives. So as we chase after righteousness and we chase after loyalty, we can experience life in a deeper way, the life that God wants us to. We can experience righteousness in in a deeper way. I know you'll be thinking in your mind, but you're you're telling us to seek after after something, uh, and, and there are things in the Bible that say something like this. Next slide. No one understands. No one seeks for God, right? 
And that's true by yourself. God has to generate and draw you to himself. But there are also verses in the Bible that says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Jeremiah says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. In other words, when when God offers us salvation, God offers us forgiveness, God gives us this invitation of, of righteousness, we have to be interested in it and desire to receive it. You might put it like this. If you seek after righteousness, this is going to be deep, guys. If you seek after righteousness, you can find it. But if you're not interested in it at all, if you're not interested in seeking after righteousness and what is right in your life, you're not interested in the invitation that God gives you of salvation, you're not interested in the things of God, then guess what? You're probably not going to find it. But as you and I chase after righteousness and loyalty in our lives, we can begin to experience these things in a deeper level. We can begin to experience life. We can begin to experience what it really means to be righteous. Look at Romans 3, verse 20 and 22. I know I read this quite often in sermon series, and you're probably just going to have to put up with that because I think it's really, really important passage of Scripture. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. There's no way you can be good enough. There's no way you can make yourself just in the sight of God by your own good works. Since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law. In other words, without the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. Notice what it says in verse 22. The righteousness of God through what? Faith in Jesus Christ to all who do what? Believe. So what I want you to understand this morning foundationally, since we're talking about chasing after righteousness and chasing after loyalty, I don't want you to get in your mind that's something that's self-generated, something you do and you work for. It's something that God provides you. You, by faith in Jesus Christ, are made righteous. But after you are made righteous, you ought to chase after righteousness. You ought to chase after loyalty after he has made you righteous. See, a lot of people don't get that. By the way, a lot of the Jews didn't ever get it. Look what he also says in Romans 9. What should we say then? That Gentiles who do not pursue righteousness have attained it. Now guys, you ought to be tickled to death that that's what is said there. Because unless I don't know someone's heritage here, I don't know of anyone that's a Jew that's here today. And by the way, even if you were a Jew, just being a Jew doesn't make you righteous. We ought to be thankful that it says the Gentiles who didn't pursue it, we've attained it. God's provided it for us in Christ. That is a righteousness that is by what again? By faith. But that Israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone, as is written, Behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone of stumbling. That's talking about Jesus, a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will 
not be put to shame. See, here's the problem with people that try to believe they can work their way to heaven, whether it's a Jew or Gentile or whoever it is. They're running this race and they're thinking, man, I'm, I'm going to run a race of righteousness and loyalty and, and I'm going to do all this myself and it'll be self-generated and, and I'm going to experience all this stuff. The problem is they never attain it. They never experience it. And here's why. The only way they can be made righteous is the stumbling stone that's right there in front of them. And they keep tripping again and again and again and again over Jesus, trying to depend upon their works. When the only thing that works, the only thing that provides righteousness is faith in Christ. But as I said a moment ago, after we've received Christ, after we've been made righteous, we ought to have the desire to chase after these things that we're talking about this morning. We ought to have the desire to chase after righteousness and desire to chase after loyalty. Not in order to be made righteous, but because we've been made righteous, we need to be involved in this long foot race, this marathon race that I've already talked about this morning, that we are, are chasing after God's righteousness because he made us righteous, because he is righteous, because we've trusted in him, because we're chasing after his righteousness. That's the only way you and I can pursue it. It's through faith in him. And then he promises something else. He promises honor. Guys, I don't know about y'all, but when I stop and think about God saying that if we pursue righteousness and, and, and pursue loyalty and kindness in our lives, He's going to give us life, righteousness, and honor. Can you try and wrap your mind around that? That God says he's going to give us honor? I, I tell you, that's, it's, it kind of blows my brain up to think about that. I tell you what else it does. It makes me want to climb underneath one of these chairs because I, I, I don't feel worthy at all for God to say anything about honor to me. Do you? But think about it in the right context. The word honor means weight, or you might think of that as significance. It's it's weight in a good way, in a good sense. Sometimes I get on the scale and it's not in a good sense, huh? But we're talking about weight or significance in our lives in a good way. The same word is translated splendor or, or glory or honor sometimes. So think about this. You and I, Because Jesus has made us righteous, if in fact you know Christ is your Savior. You and I have been positioned in a way that we can pursue righteousness and we can pursue loyalty. And as we do so, we're going to experience more of the life that God wants us to experience. We're going to experience more of the righteousness that God wants us to experience in our lives. And we will experience more significance or honor or glory in our lives. Instead of us experiencing the other stuff because of pursuing the wrong thing. I'm tired of experiencing guilt, aren't you? I'm tired of of the feelings that come about when we pursue the the wrong thing. And and that's why we need to to decide we're going to pursue the things that adds weight and significance and splendor and glory to our lives by chasing after the things that God says is important. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 21. Jesus made this statement as he was telling a story. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful 
servant. Can you imagine one day Jesus saying that to you? You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And as great as that sounds, and and thinking about the honor that's involved that we can experience in our lives from chasing after righteousness and chasing after loyalty and chasing after the things that God wants us to chase after, as, as good as all that sounds, I want to put a perspective on that. I don't think anyone is going to get to heaven one day and get some rewards, get a crown, and you're going to put it on your head and you're going to parade around and say, look at me, look what I've done. Here's why I say that. Revelation chapter 4, verse 9 through 11. And whenever the living creatures, I understand that's not us, but hey, we will be there and there'll be rewards that we receive. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him, he's seated on the throne. He lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down before him who's seated on the throne. And worship him who lives forever and ever. Notice what happens. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, Lord, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. So when you get to heaven, no matter how much you chase after righteousness and loyalty and, and there's some rewards, you know, that, that God's dispensing out to you, we're not going to walk around and say, man, look, look, look at this, look at this crown, look at this reward. Instead, we're going to cast it at the feet of Jesus. Because we're not worthy, he is. The only way we could be made righteous is through faith in Christ. He's the one that died on the cross for us. He's the one that on the other side of our salvation equips us to where we can pursue after righteousness and we can pursue and chase after loyalty. And all we're going to do one day is say, here, Jesus, all the glory belongs to you. We live in a world that has a problem in our culture. We live in a world where loyalty is hard to find. It's difficult to come about. Maybe that's true, as I've said a couple of times in this message. Maybe loyalty is hard to find because we're chasing after the wrong stuff. Because we're not chasing after God's righteousness. And we're not chasing after loyalty. We're not pursuing the right things. See, those of us who are Christians, we need to make a decision. We're going to run God's race. We're going to pursue righteousness. We're going to pursue loyalty. We need to pursue God's righteousness. We need to pursue it by practicing loyalty toward him and and practicing loyalty toward others. If you're a Christian, you have a race to run. Do you recognize that? God didn't save you. Jesus didn't die for you on the cross just for you to trust him. And then you sit back. And wait one day until you go to heaven. He's got a race for you to run. He's got something for you to actively be involved in. And for us as believers, we we need to decide that we're going to pursue loyalty. We're going to pursue righteousness. 
And if you're not a Christian, you need to decide this this morning, that you're going to receive righteousness the first time in your life by trusting in Jesus as Savior. That's the only way you can be made righteous. You can't be good enough. You can't pull yourself up spiritually by your own bootstraps. You can't make yourself righteous. Only God does that in Christ and what Christ did on the cross. And if you don't know him, you need to decide to trust in him. So some questions this morning. Will you run God's race? Will, will, you, will you challenge some spiritual shoes? And, and say so you're ready to chase after righteousness. You're ready to chase after loyalty. Guys, aren't, aren't you tired of the lack of loyalty in our world? In the, aren't you tired of the lack of loyalty in your own life? Aren't you tired of the guilt? Aren't you tired of getting defeated? Aren't, aren't you tired of, of, of falling prey to the enemy's attacks? Aren't, aren't you tired of all that? Then why not with hostility, in a hostile way, why not decide this morning, I'm going to chase after righteousness and I'm going to chase after loyalty. Let, let's change that. Let's change the defeat in our lives. Let's, let's change the defeat in our culture and in our churches. Let, let's say this morning with a renewed zeal in our lives, God, as you equip us, as you enable us, God, I want to chase after righteousness. God, I want to, I want to chase after loyalty. And as you do so, you experience life, righteousness, and honor. I want to remind you what kind of race it is. It's not a short sprint. It's a marathon race. I, I used illustration about myself and the message, how I wasn't ever really wired for that. It seemed like I was wired for a, for, for a sprint, you know, when I was talking about literally running track and, and things like that. I, I could run 100 yards pretty doggone fast in, in, in my day. 9.9 seconds was fast back in the 70s. That's what I could do 100 yards. But when I got to the end of the 100 yards, I was ready to just, I was kind of done. And sometimes when I had to run a longer race, just the way I was wired and built, whatever, my, man, I start getting winded and tired and want to give up and not keep going. I remember one race that I was running one time at, in, in track one day at, at school, and a friend of mine was over here. He's a little bit of a skinny guy, and everything could probably run for 50 miles and keep going. And he was running the pace faster than I wanted it to be. And I'm kind of trying to stay at the same pace, and I'm thinking, oh, it hurts. I'm going to give up. I'm going to stop. And, and I made a decision. I don't know it was a smart decision, but I decided I'm going to go ahead and kick now. I'm going to run as hard as I can for the rest of the race. You know why I did that? Because I wanted to beat him. <laughs> we have an enemy. That's why we need to run a race of righteousness and we need to run a race of loyalty. And it's not a quick sprint. It's a marathon. So when you're feeling tired and winded and you want to give up you need to remember what the goal is you want to defeat the enemy and you're running to jesus amen matthew 5 6 said blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness look what it says for they will be they shall be satisfied 
So you want satisfaction in your life. That's what you need to hunger for. That's what you need to thirst for. And we need to decide we're going to run God's race after righteousness and loyalty. Let's pray. (laughs) Father, help us this morning to be completely transparent, honest before you, and honest with ourselves. Father, many of us may be chasing after the wrong things. Instead of chasing after righteousness and chasing after loyalty, we're chasing after things that produce the opposite of life and the opposite of righteousness and the opposite of honor in our lives. Father, help those of us who know Christ as Savior this morning. Father, help us to be honest before you and help us make commitments this morning. God, help us to go outside the doors of this place and, and Father, go out into a world and help us to, to pursue righteousness and to pursue loyalty, to chase after those things, even with a, with a hostile-type attitude. Father, anyone that may not know Christ, please help them this morning to recognize their only hope, the only way they can become righteous is for you to make them so through faith in Christ. Help them admit to you of their sin. Help them to admit to you that they can't save themselves. And give them the faith they need to trust in Jesus this morning. And help us all run the race that you have for us together in a way that glorifies, in a way that honors Christ. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day 3 Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org. Day 3 Church. Experience a new day in your life.